Hey everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Tinker Talk, the series in which we answer questions inspired by the last chapter in our book Tinker. In this episode, you're going to hear from myself, Phil Brown, Chris Damboys, Lisa Hunt, Brian McCormick, and Louise Wagner and Sam Copeland. Apologies for the audio quality. We were in a room that had AC running, so you can hear that in the background. And if you have any questions that you would like us to answer, please submit those to the email address podcast at highfiveadventure.org. That's podcast at H-I-G-H, the number five, adventure.org. If we use one of your questions, we will happily feature you in the episodes. Enjoy. What has been the method by which you have most learned your facilitation techniques? I have a short answer, which is like failure. (laughs) Um, There's like lots of moments where I think that was the richest learning of trying something. Oh gosh, that really didn't work. Um, And I'm grateful in my role at High Five right now, where when something doesn't go as planned, I typically get the opportunity to do it another four times based on the routine that we have. Um, But that going back in time, things wouldn't sit right or felt off or I could have done better and differently and that it was the experience failing and getting the support to fail and then to um, be able to hopefully apply that in a different way later on. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's definitely been uh, not about getting better at facilitating. It was being more comfortable with making mistakes Mm. and letting those signages go. I I think along with that, for me, it was was about... um, working alone so I didn't feel conscious of what others were thinking about yeah. what I was doing. Oh, yeah. So, so when, you know, there's, we, we always complain as trainers about being on the road by ourselves, but there's a comfort in that, that you get to make the mistakes for yourself. You're the only one that knows the mistake or the challenge has occurred. And sometimes the group doesn't even know. You just know, but you're able to reconcile that in your brain without having that peer review process happening that probably does or doesn't really happen, Mm -hmm. but it allows you to get beyond and get better. There's something to that, Chris, around uh, the co-lead piece, because I've moved from where I really never wanted to co-lead. I remember early on just fearing that because of being judged or somebody giving me feedback that I really wasn't ready for or whatever it might be. Yeah, Lisa's nodding her head at me, which is (laughs) some of the feedback I would get from her in a co-lead. Um, but I think now, and Louise and I spend so much time co-leading uh, and have developed such sort of trust and support for, for that, that now I, I think there's moments where I do find myself alone facilitating and I, I'm in this really nervous place and anxious, like, oh, is this going in the right way? Am I including everybody? Am I thinking about what I need to? And I think about, you know, the roles that we play in the co-lead. And when I'm missing those, my brain starts to wander like... You know, and I get that more nervousness now when I completely relate to when I love that about training, like just me by myself. No one's going to tell me I'm doing it wrong or not. I didn't have to explain everything. Why are you doing that? Because. I think it's interesting in the question, there's a difference between like what I, what I was taught and then what I learned, and, you know, and at first, my first go to when you asked the question, Phil, was where was I taught the most? And I don't think that there's a correlation to 
where I am now and like what I was taught necessarily early on in my sort of formal training as a facilitator. Like, and we talked about this in one of the previous Tinker Talks, like the principles that, that we all have to ascribe to, to be good facilitators and like the good facilitator checklist and the eye contact and the speaking slowly and the don't wear your sunglasses and all that <laughs> stuff. Like that's what I was taught, but I think what it takes for me to learn well is the environment that we have here at High Five, which is an, it, there's an expectation that we're going to check in with our own skills and styles and that, that we're like, of course, we're going to change our approach because that's what we do. So I think it's the, what allows me to learn the most as a facilitator is knowing that I'm not stuck in the identity that I bring to the organization or to the groups. Like, well, what Lisa's doing this, she never does that. Like, you know, there isn't that, you know. I think when, I, when we're training, we've brought this, talked about this before, most of the time when we're training, we don't get the opportunity necessarily to allow the people we're training to do it. And so it's like, uh, I remember when I was taught to drive, my instructor was like, I'm going to teach you to pass the test, driving test, and then you'll learn how to drive. I think it's like that same yeah. notion with this kind of stuff that you pick up stuff just from doing rather than the skills piece of the training of like learning how to belay or tie a knot. It's from tying over and over and over and over again. It's belaying over and over again. It's facilitating over and over and over again. Right. You start to get better. But there was a part in, in my head when I was thinking about it is that there's parts to the co-lead piece that, I don't know. I, I, I reflect on Ryan when we when we would run programs early on when I first started contract. You would do something and I would be like ah, oh. but it was helpful. But I think you knew I could handle it. It was like you'd, we'd be in a group and we would not have discussed this. And you go, okay, Phil, you're going to lead us through this next activity. And I'd be like ah, oh. and I'd have to on the spot think of an activity in the group because I hadn't planned for it. <laughs> but that was kind of like like. I don't know, pushing someone in the deep end, but not in a negative way. I don't know. It's hard to frame it that way. But I, I, I kind of have learned the most from having to have those moments where I just do it. And that comes from sometimes one on your own, but you get like complacent sometimes on your own. Like I'm excited for Chris to join me for a training coming up. It's a site that I've trained at for many years. And I do have a slight nervous, it's like a, you want to show off what you've been doing at a site yeah. <laughs> and prove that what you've been doing is good and there's that sort of piece, but it's also nice to have someone else look at the site with fresh eyes. I also wonder, like, I feel like I, I also, when we can train people in our craft and then watch them facilitate, that is a, sometimes a mirror into how we teach, right? And I wonder how that comes up with, like, student facilitators and EOL for you all, like, I find that if people are exactly quoting me or saying the things exactly the way that I am, something's been off. Yeah. Like I've been giving the message that I'm the thing that you're supposed to like replicate, which is not true. You know, like watching people implement what we've taught. Um, I think a lot of what everyone has been saying is kind of how I think about it. Like the co-facilitation is a wonderful and terrifying thing for me. And I like <laughs> used to be like, oh no, like what if I make a mistake? But I think I've learned a lot of really cool things from co-facilitating and just like, wow, I never would have thought to put that twist on it or frame it in this way. Or, you know, I've just like learned a lot from experiencing the same things in a new way, which has been great. 
Thanks for listening. And do it again. Thanks for listening. And can you say,、uh, thanks for listening to High Five? Thanks for listening to High Five. And then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting our second pass, guys. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It really does help us out a whole lot.